what is up everybody thank you uh, for tuning into the fathom beyond sunday podcast we're really excited about this new podcast it's really designed to, to just be very casual just a couple of leaders at fathom talking faith talking life talking about how we can grow in our faith where it's really going on between monday through saturday not just on sunday so uh, tune in listen to the conversation open your heart and pray that that this really helps Welcome, welcome. This is Fathom Beyond Sunday, where we engage in conversation that takes your walk with God beyond Sunday. Today, we have Pastor Kyle Nelson, the lead pastor of Fathom Church. Hey, everybody. And myself, Jackie Covell, the community director here at Fathom Church. Um, we are so excited that you're here with us today. Yeah, it's just us, <laughs> but, you know, they're here, you know, sort of. They're here in spirit. <laughs> yeah, that's right, here in spirit. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, you're with us. That's right. We're all in this together. <laughs> Because if we're only talking to ourselves, then, you know. It's, yeah, just like old times. <laughs> I was about to say, it's, right. all, it's our meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but we're, we're so excited that you are up for listening to this podcast and for engaging in what God is doing in and through Fathom as a church and um, just our own walk with God. Yeah, absolutely. This is birthed out of just what we've learned, what we're growing in right now, what we're learning now, yep. what we've learned in previous seasons. And we hope it's a blessing. Like, you know, feel free to just reach out and let us know how we can serve you. If you're you're wrestling through some questions, maybe it's things that we can incorporate into the podcast. We'd love to to be able to uh, to just hear where you're at in this 2020 and maybe <laughs> in the series we're going with. Hey, yeah. feel free to just drop us a line on those things. Hey, could you guys talk about this sometime? And uh, <laughs> we'd love to just hear feedback. Always feel free to subscribe and share and just uh, let us know how, how God's speaking to you through this. Yes. It's always nice to have a, have, um, yeah, some interaction. Yeah. yeah there yeah, we go. Absolutely. <laughs> like, the words were a loss at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's such a, such a weird one for me. Okay. So today, okay. So do you want to recap this week? This week we talked about, um, the Abrahamic promise and, mm-hmm. um, what that looks like. Yeah. So. I, I love the word Abrahamic. It's <laughs> Davidic, Abrahamic. They're all, you know, X at the IC to it. It's also icky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it can be called a lot of things. The Abrahamic yeah. covenant. Um, sometimes it's just referred to as the old covenant mm-hmm. as it's one of really like five, four or five covenants in the old Testament. Yep. But, um, this is, um, really how I described it, I, it's the foundation of God's redemptive plan. Like it's the the starting ground for that. Like the beginning of Genesis is just creation, the fall, the fallout of man, mm-hmm. um, kind. And this is really where we kind of get the first glimpse that God's pointing us to, he, he wants to bless the nations. He, mm-hmm. he not only wants to bless the nations, he wants to be in relationship with the nations and redemption for mankind um, we're going to participate in that. We're going to participate by trusting him yep. and we're going to participate, um, by, uh, being grateful for the blessings that he give us, he gives us, and then being a part of releasing that blessing to the nations. And that's what God, God promises to, to make a, na- a nation out of, uh, Abram. Um, and he has no descendants at this time. He has no kids that he has no, he, he's got some, um, he he has like plenty of livestock and stuff, um, but he he he's um, there's not a land to call their own, you know, as a family like lineage, and so that's what God promises him that he's gonna be a blessing. And so I just kind of walked through just obedience um, that we we might step into the promises and kind of traced a lot of 
historical, you know, um, where this evolves to and brings us to the New Testament um, promises that are really fulfilled in, in Jesus um, and, and some that are still yet to be fulfilled in uh, new creation. It was a great, great message. If you haven't listened to it, um, there's a podcast for that. If Or you can go onto the website and watch the, the actual video. So um, from that, I was having a conversation with a friend uh, yesterday. And this conversation just kind of stirred to the promises of God. And how do we know that the promises that were made in the Old Testament to the Israelites are for all believers now? Um, I feel like that's something that's really... We say it a lot, but we don't explain how we get there. And so it can catch some people up in the middle of the word because they don't, they don't, uh, they don't understand how those two things are connected. Yeah, because it gets abused and because yep. things get taken out of context. And it's always important, like this is just a good time to slow down and, and say, it's, it's extremely important that you know the context to which something is. Yes written to whom it was written at what time it was written what's going on in the culture um because it impacts how you interpret that yep. scripture how you interpret that prophecy that promise it, it, it it's a night and day difference yes. whether you know the context and so don't just like post uh, i mean it's just like we're fact checking everything these days like people are obsessed with <laughs> fact checking like yep. if i hear the word fact checked one more time i'm just kind of annoyed by it these days <laughs> yep. just because it's like it's whatever. But um, before we like kind of post things and say things when it comes to like biblical truth, like we need to kind of have a some sense of the context to which that was written, to whom it was written. Um, you know, just for an example, like um, one of the most popular New Testament scriptures is, you know, Philippians 4.13. You know, I can do mm-hmm. all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, yep. You know, we love to just kind of throw that everywhere, right? Tim yeah. Tebow wore it on his eye black, and, you <laughs> yep. know, it's it's encouraging. It's an encouraging scripture that Paul is talking about. But when we understand that, you know, Paul was saying that about finances, you yep. know, he's talked, he's talked about, you know, I've been broke and I've had a lot. Um, I, I've, God's kept me and I, I, I've learned that, you know, um, I can do all things like I can, I can flow with whatever that he was really speaking out of a financial context, I think enlightens that a little bit. I mean, yeah. that doesn't mean we can't say that same truth. Uh, even, and this is not a promise. So right. I'm, I'm uh, diverting a little bit just to kind of set the table yeah. for understanding the context. So that was really about finances and that kind of informs the way we use that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and what's going on around it. So, yeah. Right. Well, and that's true. I would say that statement that we can do all things through Christ is, is absolute is, is very true in other situations. Of course. When, but we have to look at the whole of the Bible to find that to be true in every situation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, and I love that. I love that about the word. One of my favorite things that I heard um, several years ago is that the Bible was not written to us. It was written for us, but it wasn't written to us. And so we need to understand who it was written to and understand their cultural context and everything that's going on with them in order to fully grasp what is being said in the word of God. Yeah. Because it is written for us. And it's a great benefit for us. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. You know, and it helps us, but it gives us a greater understanding mm-hmm. of what was really being meant by the text at the time. It, it, it takes where we approach this to a deeper place. Yes. Right. I, I don't approach this to like, 
everything about it is, is for or is to me right now in this situation. It's to them, and what an encouragement mm-hmm. that can be to me to see how that word resonated with them in that time. Yes, you know, the the Jeremiah twenty nine eleven one is a big one. Yeah, you know, just to think of that one, man, that was. That was coming after and in the middle of a very trying time yep. in the, the life of Israel. So to get the, you know, for I know the plans I have for you when that don't make no sense based on yes. the current circumstances, to even yes. that, that really kind of springs it to life for us. Yep. It actually gives so much more depth to, mm-hmm. to that verse yeah. and what it really means yeah. and what it really meant to those people and what it can really mean for us. Yeah, absolutely. Nah, yeah. I love that. So, of course, as always, we're going to start with defining our terms. <laughs> yep. um, so let's define what a pr- what promise is. When we talk about promises of God in the Bible, what does the word promise really mean? I, I guess with that, we'll go ahead and talk about the word covenant. Yes. Um, it's hard to. to talk about <laughs> promise in the Bible without mm-hmm. talking about um, a covenant. Um, we think of like in the most closely related thing for us is a contract, right? Right. A covenant is very different in ancient Mm -hmm. times. And, um, and I I wish I I would have brought my my notes with me a little bit on this because um, it was quite complex culturally, the the covenant, but um, typically it was made between two parties and uh, there was an exchange. Typically there was one um, who, uh, where they both bring something to the table, um, so to speak. Um, and it's and it's a, a, a commitment. It's a contract, so to speak, um, that they make a bond between um, one another, in which both, um, you know, is going to uphold and be faithful to their end of the bargain. Similar to what we think of in a contract, but um, as we look at this in the scriptures, we really understand covenant as a deeply spiritual promise. You know, a deeply spiritual promise, um, and and these covenants, um, uh, typically in, in ancient times, again, one would, um, you know, I think about it like, uh, say if I was just like a, a random, you know, um, community leader, mm-hmm. you know, say we're just a village outside of a little bit of a larger town and we come and, and I, I come to the leader of uh, a little bit of a larger town, a little bit of a larger community. And I choose hey, uh, we actually need someone to look out for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to come into covenant with one another and we're going to do all these kind of ceremonial things that represent kind of the the lasting nature of these things that bind us both to this. We're going to you know, put a sacrifice, mm-hmm. right, and cut it in half and, and walk through it as a sign that um, if, if I don't keep this covenant, that God will strike me dead, like, yes. uh, essentially. Um, and so... But I would come to this other community leader and say, hey, um, I want to come into covenant with you. This is what we have to offer and bring to the table. Will you bring us protection? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going we're gonna to give you vegetables and we're going to uphold this and you can marry my daughter, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Ancient I mean, times, it was stuff like yeah. that, right? right? So um, anyway, so we could go into that. Usually covenants had like seven or eight different things mm-hmm. that, they, that came with them and, and we can... I'm not quite prepared to, to go into all those things right <laughs> off the top of my head. Right. Um, but, um, but anyway, yeah, that, that's essentially what it is. Okay. So, yeah. so we see that, um, the promises of God are, are a covenant. They are, mm-hmm. they're deeper than any contract could be. They're not something that are easily broken. 
and they're 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 two sided. Yes. You know, we both have something to to offer to bring. Um, we're both required to be faithful in, mm-hmm. um, of which God cannot break covenant. Right. He, he does not break promise. It's his very nature that he's not faithful. Mm-hmm. It, it, un, he's not unfaithful. It's who he is. He's faithful. Right. Um, and kind of the story of the Old Testament is just this ongoing relationship where God is faithful. Right. And Israel is unfaithful. <laughs> Always. Yeah. And so um, there's this, this constant ongoing narrative throughout the Old Testament of this covenant that Mm -hmm. began here in in Genesis chapter 12 gets affirmed many times and and gets expanded into some other covenants as well um, of which God is always faithful and Israel always struggles to be faithful. Let's put it nicely. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's what Israel means is to wrestle with God. Yeah. So, I mean that it right there. Yeah. The name itself. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Um, I think that there is a lot to be said about, you know, how we see God move covenantially through the Old Testament mm-hmm. because he he's setting up a body of proof mm-hmm. that he is trustworthy yeah. and that he is faithful. Yeah. You know, and so we get to see the character of God etched out that he is someone that we can call trustworthy or faithful, mm-hmm. you know, in that steadfast love and how he constantly is is staying true to his word, even the hard side of the word. Yeah. Where I'm going this weekend, and I, I don't do this often, uh, or I try not to do this too much, but is um, l- looking at how often we miss it, though, that God is fulfilling. Like, He yes. is being faithful. Um, he is being faithful, and, and I'm going to go to a, a story in Exodus and that really people of Israel are missing it. Yeah. Like, God is being faithful, but here they are complaining and grumbling and like, you know, kind of got some entitlement issues that are, are being dealt with. And, you oh, know, that's going to be so good. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and they end up being blockages in our heart is what I'm going to deal with um, from God using us. So anyway, that's going to be good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I've heard from a couple people. Oh, I heard you were going to talk about this. I'm excited about that. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Maybe huh? that's just for those that are listening and actually do give the spoilers for yeah. the next week. Yeah. I like we'll, it. We'll hey. tease, we'll tease. Well, I mean, and that's, and that's the thing is we just, I feel like it always comes back to that. Like Mm -hmm. God just is working it all together to where it all just kind of comes together. And this is, it's a continuation. Yeah, for sure. So there's just so much imagery throughout the old Testament. You know, um, I read uh, Jeremiah 31, Mm -hmm. this 31 through 34, where it talks about the new covenant in the old Testament because Israel was unfaithful. Um, You know, uh, God uh, had planned and, and brought this new covenant in which he would write on their hearts. And, he, and in the text um, through, Jer- um, through Jeremiah, he says, I've been a husband to them. I've been a husband to you, Israel. And what he is meaning, I've been a faithful husband. Right. Is what is yep. what's meant by that. Um, so anyway. Because the title of husband wasn't wasn't one, once you were unfaithful, you lost the title because mm. you were no longer keeping that covenant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all about covenant. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so now that we understand what a promise is or what a covenant is, how do we then, 
how can we as Gentiles, because neither one of us are Jewish, um, mm-hmm. neither one of us are from the house of Israel, um, naturally, <laughs> yeah. how then do we reconcile ourselves to take on that promise? Or how, do, how can we as believers say that these promises are for us? Yeah, well, we talked about this a little bit on, on Sunday as we were talking about the promise in Genesis 12 and throughout the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, um, that God would make his descendants great as many as you know, sand on the seashore. He'll later repeat it and, and say that in, in um, Genesis 17. And that, according to the New Testament, um, we're sons of Abraham or yeah. daughters of Abraham. I sang the old song, you know, yeah. um, that I sang growing up in in um, Sunday school. Father Abraham had many sons. Many yeah. sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. <laughs> and that's that's a, an iteration of what mm-hmm. Paul ta- teaches in the New Testament. And for those of you that don't know, in the New Testament, there was this guy who was radically converted. Um, named, his name was Saul, and he was a Jew, a, a devout Jew, and um, was radically converted. Um, he began to go by Paul, and God sent him as an apostle to the mm-hmm. Gentiles, those who were not Jewish, and, and helped plant churches all throughout uh, Europe and, and mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and just you know throughout uh, the world at that time. And, um, and, and, so, and, and this was an important point to them, the first council in, in what is it, Acts 15, Jerusalem Council. Mm-hmm. This is Paul and Peter and yep. the whole crew there and James, mm-hmm. they're all there and they're having this conversation about Jews and Gentiles um, being grafted into the family of God, that, that mm-hmm. we're, a, we're a part of it, this, this line of Abraham. And so they get that settled there in Acts 15. So mm-hmm. um, that, that's a, a major point for us um, as Christians to understand that. And Paul, again, reiterates this and has to teach this to churches in his letters to, yeah. to Rome and to Galatia mm-hmm. and uh, as well as um, uh, in his other letters as well. So, um, so yeah, that's where it begins um, for us. I kind of forgot the question in all that. <laughs> I get get far enough down the thing. I'm like, what was the question again? Am I answering your? <laughs> I'm just wondering. Am I answering your question? You know, to circle it back. Yes. Um, can you? <laughs> can we talk about uh, specific um, scripture that talks through that? Um, about you know that can we can draw that line so we can show the biblical line of that. Um, I have I have Romans 11 open if you want to. Yeah, that that's fine. Go go ahead and go there, and okay. and you can read for us. I was going to pull up that that Acts fifteen. If it is Acts fifteen, I'm going to find out in just a second. <laughs> I think it is. The book might be the chapter might be wrong, but the book's right. No, I was right. Acts fifteen. <laughs> there you the go. Jerusalem Look at Council. you. So go ahead. Um, Romans eleven eleven says. So I ask, did they stumble in order that they might fall? By no means. Rather, through their tran- trespass salvation has come to the gentiles so as to make israel jealous now if their trespass means riches for the world and if their failure means riches for the gentiles how much more will their full inclusion mean now i mean speaking to you gentiles inasmuch then as i am an apostle to the gentiles i magnify my ministry in order somehow to make my fellow jews jealous and thus save some of them for if their rejection means the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance mean but life from the dead? If, if the dough offered as first fruits is holy, so is the whole lump. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. If some of the branches were broken off, 
And you, although a wild olive shoot, were grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing root of the olive tree. Do not be arrogant toward the branches. If you are, if you are, remember, it is not you who support the root, but the root that supports you. And I'll stop there. We could go on further, but I think that that kind of gives us a good picture. You know, it speaks to us being grafted in, you know, and Paul says that it's, it's to make the Jews jealous yeah. so that they will see what Christ has done. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Romans is such a great place. I'm, I'm glad you went there. It's, it's a great place to do it because uh, they were wrestling with this in very yeah. um, serious terms because all the Jews had been driven out mm-hmm. of, um, of Rome and uh, Gentiles were left hanging out and the Jews come back in and they're yes. like, why'd you move our stuff? Why are you not doing Jewish traditions? And so, yeah, uh, they were they were wrestling w- with this, um, as was much of the ancient world. Yeah, um, with this new uh, the way, of, <laughs> yeah. which they considered a sect of of Judaism, yeah. but was really what we know today as Christianity. Yeah, and everyone so, and started I, as a Messianic Jew. Yeah, and I th- yeah absolutely, and I I think um, this is an important things that just tap the brakes on that. Essentially, what we're saying through all this is like. Our, f- our faith as Christians, as believers, um, is tethered to the faith of Abraham. Yes. Of God's plan of redemption from Genesis 12. Like, it doesn't pick up at Jesus. Like, it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Right. And it gets taken to another level um, uh, there in the New Testament um, right. with the new covenant. Um, but our faith, the essential of God's redemptive plan, begins in the old testament and that's carried through and so so those so uh, one of the texts i told you i, I really wanted to bring up today was second uh, corinthians one where paul is kind of giving um a little bit of a defense of the faith and just talking about like the life he's live, living i don't know if there's anything else you wanted to go nope, into romans good. 11 i thought that was a great nope you're good keep going a great point for you're just answering my next question go to <laughs> um but one of the things that, um, you know, for a long time, I, I heard this phrase that the promises of God are yes and amen, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard this phrase for years. Maybe some of you have heard this phrase. Um, if not, it comes from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, um, verses 19 through 20, I guess. Yeah. Um, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you, Silvanus and Timothy and I, I was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Um, For it is God who establishes Mm -hmm. us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who uh, has also put his seal on us. That's a a point back to covenant there, his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So we keep going. Um, But this phrase kind of yes and amen, um, all his promises are yes and amen, is essentially Mm -hmm. affirming this, but it's bringing Christ into that picture that and how God kind of helped me understand this and, and this may be helpful of what what is he saying there all the promises are yes and amen I'm like okay yes like yes what <laughs> yes what he, well he's pointing to Christ and how like I was best to wrap my brain around this that God communicated to me 
is that Jesus is the green light. Mm-hmm. He, he's the yes, right? It's all yes to him. He's the fulfillment um, of, of these promises. And amen, he's the checkered flag too. Like he's he's the victory. He's the fulfillment. He's the fulfiller actually, of these Old Testament prophets. Um, I actually just um, listened to a word study, a podcast that did a word study on the word, um, the the Hebrew word for amen, which mm. is amin, amin. Yeah. And it's uh, it actually means truthful mm-hmm. or trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Like it is true. And so when we see, um, when we hear the word amen, it actually means like this is true. Yeah, And so... When we see that it's he's it's not just saying it's yes, but it's also true. It yeah. is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. It is something that we can put our trust in. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what Paul's pointing to is that it's, it's it finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Yes. He's he's where this is all pointing to, and and that's a true statement, right? Like, as you said, like yeah. this is we can bank on that. He's the yes. fulfillment. He's the fulfiller of this. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that. I love I love that scripture because it it kind of opens doors to like, okay, well. And this is going to bring us to our next question. What now that we know what a covenant, what a promise is, a promise is mm-hmm. a covenant. Well, we see covenants all over the Old Testament, mm-hmm. right? Now we've set up that the Old Testament is imperative for our faith. It's not just, it's just not extra, extra books in the Bible for us to go back and think, oh, that's great history. No, it's imperative for what we are doing today mm-hmm. and what Christ has done and is continuing to do in the world. Yeah. So we've set that up. We've set all these things up, but how do we reconcile those um, or understand those covenants that mean that talk about sacrifice when we look in Leviticus and it talks about, you know, we need to atone for our sins and they, we have to bring a sacrifice to the temple and, and even the temple itself. Yeah. I, uh, the easiest way for me to describe yep. it is how we view the scripture old and new mm-hmm. as Christians, as believers, as faith in what Jesus did on our behalf we view it through the lens of jesus yes and when we understand that he is the fulfillment Mm -hmm. of that he was the sacrifice once and for all um that that covenant is fulfilled it it it's not going to today like i don't have to kill a cow you know Mm -hmm. my kids think this is hilarious (laughs) like when we talk about this you know just the idea to wrap their brain um around that so um yeah so that's why okay and so, um, so what, what covenants would you say are continuous for us and what covenants have been completely fulfilled? Do you, can you think of any, can you, um, I, if you're more kind of specific um, okay, to so, what we want to talk so about So like here. we just talked about the one in Leviticus, um, that requires sacrifice for atonement of sins. We know that that is completely fulfilled now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and I, and I don't even know necessarily. I mean, that's a, a part of of the law there, right. and I think for me it's easier to say the law has been fulfilled in Jesus. Right, that's true. And because I think we'd see most of those covenant fulfillments. Yeah, within the law, as opposed to going through like this laundry list of things. For me, it's a lot easier to think about it as ever. Like he's he's fulfilled. <laughs> Right. You know, all of the law. Any any atonement, I think, would be Mm -hmm. a big one. So, like, all of of the atonement sacrifices and things. Um, But then we have, like like you said, Jeremiah 29, 11, that is a promise he gave to Israel, Mm -hmm. you know, that he he has those plans established. Yeah, I I use the word, promises and covenant are interchangeable, yet I don't use them interchangeably. Right. Um, 
I'll use the word promise to talk about his covenants because that's essentially what they are. Right. But I won't use the word covenant to talk about all these other promises okay. that God made. Um, I, I use covenant a little bit more exclusively um, and like that there's only a handful of them in the Old Testament, um, really in the scriptures in general. Um you know the the uh, one with with Noah mm-hmm. is one that's right. a covenant won't flood the earth. The one with Abraham, as we've talked about, the one with um, Moses um, after um, uh, before and, and after the giving of the law, mm-hmm. that was a covenant that right. God was making. Um, the one with David about that that um, you know they would descend from his his reign that God would, he would yep. bring that reign of his throne, um, or for the people of God. And then the new covenant. And like, for me, that's like, that's the ones I'm like, that's a covenant, okay. you know? So I'm kind of getting into semantics a little bit, but, I mean, um, I think some, I think it's really important to kind of differentiate that, um, yeah. in my own opinion. Okay. Yeah. So would you say that those promises still hold true for us today though? If, even though you don't view them as covenant, like, For, like which ones? Like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I, I, th- I think uh, it's all always about kind of going back to what we talked about earlier about, um, you know, you know, handling it well, yeah. you know, and and handling the text well and mm-hmm. not misusing it. And I think, you know, circling back to Old Testament, you know, um, law given um, of the Ten Commandments, one of those that I think is so important is. Uh, misusing the name of God, right? Taking the Lord's name in vain, mm-hmm. which when we were kids, what well, right. we understood this to mean <laughs> is you better not use the G followed by the yeah, D, exactly. you know? Um, but as we study the scriptures and clearly know that what this is, is stamping God's name on things. Right. Or that's misusing his name. That's misusing the scripture. Yep. And boy, mm-hmm. do we see that a lot. Oh, yeah. That, that and, opens that up to a whole other... And I just want to say, we're going to see that more and more. We're going to see it more and more because the Bible promises that we're going to. Yeah. Promises that we're going to see more false teachers, which are people who present themselves as holy, present themselves as study, studied, and they're going to use the scriptures, but they're going to misuse the scriptures. And this is why it's important for Christians to to yes. to know the word of god and to be able to recognize the truth from a lie and as they do with counterfeit money how they train people um to be able to spot counterfeits is by studying the original not by studying all the counterfeits right and i know for me uh, many times there's a desire to like go out there and learn all these other different religions and there's nothing wrong with that in mm-hmm. and of itself but the best way to really have clear to be able to spot fake is to know the real yeah i tell my kids the scripture i tell my kids all the time because they they ask questions about things all the time and i and i'm and i am quick to be like you know it's here or this is what god says about this but i tell them all the time you know you need to know the word of god before you explore any other avenues Mm -hmm. because if you don't know truth you aren't grounded in truth Mm -hmm. you have to be grounded in truth to spot false teaching and that's something that we as believers have to make a priority in our life because if we don't, then we lack the roots necessary mm-hmm. to keep us grounded in the middle of untruth. Yeah. So I, I think that commandment is super important as mm-hmm. we, um, 
think about how we're using the Old Testament and those promises to us. Yes, they are passed on to us. Uh, are we doing it justice? Like when we, you know, right. Are, well, and sometimes like even like I know the plans that I have for you, mm-hmm. says the Lord. Like when we hear that, mm-hmm. we automatically think that, oh, God's going to work everything out the way I want it to work out. Yeah. But when we look at the entirety of the Bible, we know that that's not true. What we know that is true is that we have victory over death Mm -hmm. and that, that might be the ultimate plan Mm -hmm. that death is the victory for you, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that is the plan that is ultimately good for you. You know, I mean, I would say that Elizabeth Elliot never ever thought that she'd be stuck in the wilderness with a Mm -hmm. bunch of native people that she didn't even know the language by herself because her husband passed away. Yeah. You know, I don't think that she would have ever planned that for herself, Yeah, but I guarantee you that she, she understood that scripture and she knew that the plans that God had for her were good, mm-hmm. even though to the outside world, it wouldn't have seemed good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so uh, not, um, acquainting ourselves well with the, uh, the scriptures and the stories of, because there's a lot of life that's been lived. Yes. You know, God has brought his people, mm-hmm. Israel, and we as believers, as Christians, he's brought his people through a lot. Yes, he has. Um, and there's great encouragement from that to watch how he's moved in, in history and how he's been faithful. Uh, we've got a lot of that in the scriptures. Yes. Um, and in our history books too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and there's so much encouragement from that, that, um, we forfeit when we're like, I'm just going to read the, the gospels, yeah. you know, I'm just going to read, um, you know, the new Testament even, you know, so, uh, so it's important. I think for, and, and for anybody who's, who's listening and be like, man, I just, when I read the old Testament, I just, I'm lost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would just, I'd say, I get it. I really get it. Every year um, when we're driving back from wherever we're at at Christmas, Taryn and I make our kind of resolutions for the year and set mm-hmm. goals. We set goals for our relationships, for our relationship as a married couple, for our children, for our family, goals for rest, um, goals for um, for studying the Word. Where do we need mm-hmm. to grow? Where, where are we weak in? And, um, probably for 10 years, every year, you know what it was? I I need to acquaint myself deeper with the old Testament Yeah, because I was very well acquainted with the new Testament. You know, Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of teaching and preaching on that, but for probably 10 years, that was, it was the same thing. It was the same thing. Um, I I need to go deeper in that. I need to go deeper in that because one, there's a lot more books. Um, two, there's a lot more history that as a Gentile, I'm not familiar with. Right. Exactly. You have to, un- the context yeah. is so different. Yeah, absolutely. So I would just say, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Don't be afraid. Just be willing to slow down and take your time. Like start from the beginning. Like start from Genesis. Yeah. Like start well, where we're starting, Genesis 12. Something you know? that really um, opened up the Old Testament for me was engaging in it chronologically. So find, mm-hmm. I found, I went on to blueletterbible.com and I found the read through scripture chronologically in a year. And I went to that reading plan. And as soon as I started reading it chronologically, it's like the floodgates opened. Yeah. I was really surprised. And it kind of connected things that I had mm-hmm. not understood connected well. Yeah. You know, and it brought everything kind of together and it made the reading enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know. And so I'd say if you're having trouble, you know, doing it from cover to cover, then try chronologically because that might open up some different things for 
for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and if that doesn't work, you know, there's there's so many tools to help you go deeper in those things yeah. that we'd love to help you with that. And so, yeah, absolutely. So I think we're I think we've we've had a very good conversation today. Yeah, um, and there's and a lot more meat on the bones there. Yes, certainly. Oh my goodness, certainly. But hopefully, it gives us kind of that you know, maybe 5,000 feet, maybe not 10,000 feet, but maybe 10, 5,000 feet that we're, <laughs> yeah. we're still hovering above, um, the surface there. And, and, uh, just don't be afraid. Know that God has promises, uh, mm-hmm. for us that, um, for us today, and that we are connected to this, this long story of God's redemptive plan in the world yep. and where we're at now. Um, much of that has been fulfilled, um, and is brought to us through the, the the finished work of Jesus. Yet we also know we're in between His second coming and His His third coming. Right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because um, He ascended, He rose, right? <laughs> yeah. So we kind of see that as a third. And so we're just we're in this era that we get to um, we need to to lean on these promises that God's going to be true to them. To look back on them, to see how He's been faithful to Israel through the years, how He's been faithful to to the church, to faithful. Yeah through every pandemic, through Amen. Through every um, crusade, through mm-hmm. every um, threat of death, through er- for every martyr, he's been, he's been faithful to continue to be faithful to us and to his church. And um, man, that's a lot of encouragement that yes. um, he's brought us this far and he's going to carry us home. Yes, he yeah. is a faithful God. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, we are so thankful that you have um, listened today. Um, like, subscribe, or yeah, like and subscribe. Yeah. I don't know how you would share a <laughs> podcast, but if you can, do that. There you um, go. <laughs> but we're thankful that you um, have been listening. We hope that it was beneficial to you, um, as we hope that all of them are. If you have any questions or you have a question you want answered, um, or you have just a topic that you think would be really great for this podcast, feel free to email me at Jackie, J-A-C-I, at FathomChurchJaxJax.com. And we are... We love you guys. We hope that you are having a great week. Talk to you next time.